0: You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun. We're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone and welcome to another interesting episode of Ask Drone You. We're here because we love to help you gain the most confidence and knowledge and flying some drones. I don't know what Rob's doing in my chair here. A little trying, weird. To, I look tall and powerful, Rob. Okay. I look short and weak. All right. It's not the size. It's how you use it. And that's going to be our oh. first bombshell of the day. You talking about uh, Jeep tires?
1: Um, uh, you know, I actually just that's true. That's a really good point because you could have smaller tires but still be very technically sound in your rock climbing. And be very you don't have to have forty fours. Tight. Yes, you could could have thirty threes. Tight
0: ride and and do some amazing things. As long as you have the appropriate clearance clearance does matter and that's why i'm not buying a new suburban or tahoe because they reduce the clearance four inches anyway let's talk and about and because they're 150,000. no i don't know if they're that much but they're a lot anyways we are totally rambling and i know you people don't like that nope let's get right to the point um today's show we are going to be talking about how ai is going to impact the that. photo the drone mapping photogrammetry world we already have a couple examples of this, and we've been trying some of these softwares out. There's some new ones here that I'm excited about myself. We've even been teaching these in our new mapping class. So before we get to the question, really quick, we've got a couple of flight masteries coming up. In-person drone training here in Colorado, also in New York. That's right, New York, the Empire State. If you are looking to gain confidence, you want to know the systems of takeoff, systems of landing, how to avoid emergencies. You want to be able to have the confidence to fly in close proximity. To get the shots that most drone pilots can't, to fly low, to fly close, to fly smooth. And you do not want to miss flying the Drone U obstacle course at Flight Mastery. Check it out. Go to thedroneu.com. And scroll down to events, and you'll see that we have flight masteries in August and September coming up. In addition, we have our drone U mapping class. It's a three day long course focused on Pix4D. We go over drone deploy as well. We've also been going over some additional softwares like React, Luma Labs, and some others. So join us for that if you want to master the technical knowledge to be able to produce maps and models across any industry vertical in the drone space. The drone you dot com.
2: Hello, Robin Paul. This is Gabe from Hawaii. First off, I want to tell you guys thank you so much for doing what you do with DroneU and helping budding drone entrepreneurs like myself become successful. I have been a member for quite a few months now and it has been one of the best investments I've made in my entrepreneurial journey. So once again, thank you guys for that. Onward with the question. Okay, so you guys have talked about AI in the past and it has been quite a hot topic recently. I wanted to pick your guys' brain and thoughts on where you think AI and the drone industry is going from here. I know it's already being used for you know data processing, mapping, point clouds, and what have you. But I'm curious on the commercial side as well as the end user side, if you're going to see AI more and more, what could we be expecting in the next, I don't know, uh, five to 10 years with AI, uh, positive or negative? Love to hear your thoughts. Thank you guys again and keep up the good work. Aloha.
1: Thank you, Gabe. Really, really appreciate the kind words. Appreciate um, you being a part of the community. And uh, I know that you, I think, well, I know you tend to join us for the coaching calls as well. It's always awesome to see you and to get your feedback. Man, we got to come visit. Mr. Gabe, the Hawaiian.
0: Oh, he's in such a cool spot, man. Yeah. And there's, you know, everyone thinks Hawaii is just like natural paradise, but you actually have some very diverse terrain across the islands. You know, New Mexico says they have the second largest Grand Canyon. That's actually not true. It's Waimea Canyon that's on the island of Kauai. That's so it's th- the third I guess so. Yeah. Hmm. So, but that's not important. What's important is that the diverse terrain and lots of opportunities to get cool footage. So let's go um, go check it out. Yeah. That said, uh, Gabe, thank you again for joining us in those coaching calls. Uh, Those coaching calls are free to members right now. It's once a month. Uh, We're going to be launching a kind of drone you assisted membership program where we're going to be doing coaching calls on a weekly basis. It's been going really well so far with the monthly calls. We enjoy it. Yeah, and we're seeing results. And it's also, it's helping us too, not helping us financially, but helping us productivity wise. So um, I say that because when I give students challenges, I go out and do the challenges myself. To uh, hold everyone accountable. I mean, that's honestly what creates success. Uh, When you're an entrepreneur, you're by yourself, you don't have a lot of social interaction. These coaching calls really help people. And I'm just grateful to see an impact with people like Gabe. So Gabe, thank you so much. Even yesterday when we saw you on the call. now, that said, uh, AI, drone mapping, photogrammetry. Uh, do you remember the video animation tool, Rob, Pix4D? We go over it in exercise two. I in, do remember. It's very class, cool. Which, by the way, we uh, are successful in so far changing and updating many of the exercises. Uh, so our next mapping class, we are going to have brand new exercises. Be- there's going to be a difference between in-person exercises and online exercises. Um, but that said, video animation tool. This is something that recently we added a new course to our advanced mapping resources, again, free to members on how to create point cloud hyperlapses, because with point cloud hyperlapses, you can control the video animation in any perspective, any direction, but showcase a change over time, which is really valuable to certain construction companies, engineers, marketers as a whole, and companies that want new jobs uh, from cities, municipalities, and states, and they can showcase uh, their progression over time in a visually appealing way. That hyperlapse functionality circles around the video animation tool. Where have we seen AI implemented on a video animation tool basis? LumaLabs.ai. You've seen those LumaLabs Labs. Um, videos and even uh, Jason Flakes, a drone you instructor, he's on the front page of Luma Labs with a model that he did of the drone U experience training. Which, quick shout out, uh, we are launching that uh, the next experience training here this week experience.thedrone Only seven seats available. We haven't even launched it and there's tickets sold. So, that said, um, Luma Labs.ai essentially allows you to stick an orbit into uh, their software. You don't need a computer to process this stuff. And it's going to give you a really visually appealing video animation. It's honestly something that I think is really, really cool because it also includes the background of the site or the environment. Whereas most maps and models, if they can't accurately stitch that environment, they don't include it. So you get a really a nicer looking video animation. You don't have to process it. What I love too is that many of these photogrammetric engines based off of AI are proving something, Rob. They're proving that the rules of acquisition still matter. They're Mm. proving that the rules of the workflow that we teach still matters because – Literally, I've been throwing a lot of different acquisition strategies into LumaLabs.ai and still that multi-level orbit that we teach for the acquisition portion of the drone mapping class still yields superior results to other types of acquisition strategies. And, you know, we're seeing Apple developing their uh, motion engine um and there, it's actually open source. You can even plug into it. I was thinking about trying to create our own mapping software through that hmm. because we're already Apple developers here at DroneU with things that we've done with our app and whatnot. And so it opens up a whole new level of opportunity to do cloud-based processing through Apple's photogrammetric software. It's not the best. It's really not the best. You still can't control a lot of these cloud softwares. A lot of these AI softwares. But there are newer AI softwares. I'm not going to say the name of this one because I'm still investigating it. And I want to keep it close to the vest because I actually think that they may blow everyone out of the water. But there is a new photogrammetric AI that focuses specifically on utility inspections. Mm. And the meshes, the 3D models, they look superior to Bentley and Optelos. They look that nice. And I know in the past, Drone Deploy had about four to five different photogrammetric engines that they were trying to use machine learning to process certain uh, 3D model-based deliverables in different engines to learn which engine is the best. But again, you still can't control acquisition strategy. We learned you know, for a while, I was like, "Yeah, you can create a pretty decent 3D model with with drone deploy," and that's true with basic acquisition strategies. Anytime that you have a significant deviation and tilt angle, though, on your your camera on your drone, um, drone deploy still is not that good to produce complex 3D models. Anything that requires free flights, anything that requires orbits plus, say, a double grid, those types of acquisition strategies, again, included in the acquisition guide during mapping class. So Drone Deploy was trying for a very long time to do something similar. I don't think has yielded, well, I think the proof is in the pudding. I don't think has yielded super successful results. Whereas this new software, I think, has leapfrogged drone deploy. And again, I'm not going to say the name of it because it's something that I'm considering doing an entire new class on because I think cool. it's that good. Hmm. Um, and since we have so many props clients that are power utilities, this is something that I think could... Um, I don't, I hate the word game changer because I don't think it ever succinctly sums up the actual brevity of an impact on an industry. But uh, this hmm. new software, I think, would be a total disruptor because the quality is Bentley-like and the price point is like the price point of Pix40 React. We're talking like Holy 50... Holy shamoly. Yeah, we're talking 50 That's bucks That's saying a month. something. Not 12,000, not 25,000, not 30,000, not 8,000. We're talking 50 to $100 a month.
1: Man, it... it. <laughs> Being in the SaaS world has got to be so challenging, keeping up because it's happening so fast. And yeah. the the cost associated with developing these softwares and these um, these technologies is pretty significant because you're generally dealing with very high paid developers and programmers and so forth. Man, you got to be really good at doing it fast, bringing it to market quick trying to make your money back it's almost like pharmaceuticals nowadays creating these things it's really interesting one of the things I wonder about is so what we're kind of talking about is um, I guess using AI and machine learning and so forth to I suppose relatively quickly effectively efficiently
0: create models of something that exists right yeah, recreating the environment re- recreating yeah. environments of the world Correct. in a digital space.
1: But what about taking the technology and using it to kind of look into the future of, say, a given grid component? and using that machine learning to say, okay, it's <laughs> not to go into minority po- report world, but um using the machine learning and the AI to well, like I said, look into the future. Take one of our utility clients and they can look at a transponder. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Well, let's just say transponder. And using AI, it can start to predict more effectively what's gonna happen and when. Are you we seeing you mean any, like
0: a transformer where you're seeing like a power load and like a hot summer day and you're trying to see like any of that can stuff. the amperage be handled yeah, and whatnot? Or
1: X amount of X amount of days or years in X amount of sun with X amount of weather or Y amount of weather. And can AI take all of this through its machine learning and start to predict things more accurately? And are we seeing anything like that?
0: First of all, that's a brilliant idea. I mean, you look at how... I'm sure people are working on it. Well, you look at how the energy infrastructure needs to be built up to support... Um, even the current amount of electric vehicles, which I'm not a big fan of electric vehicles. I'll just be very, very honest with people. I think it's kind of I, like, I love Tesla. I love what Elon is doing. Love the mission don't think it's practical. If you ever hear Jeremy Clarkson talk about his least favorite car, you should YouTube or Google that. It's the funniest thing ever because he's like, anyone who thinks that, you know, taking a car from India and all the way shipping it to Africa to get you lithium, to go back to China, to go then to Japan and then to the United States, if you think you're saving the environment, you're an absolute fool. And like, it's <laughs> I think just, he used the word idiot, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's just so succinctly summed up of like, You know, you think you're helping, but you're really not helping. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. My point of bringing up EVs is that in order to support the current popular movement of electric vehicles, our energy grid, I mean, if you just look at the number of the increase of refrigerators. Um, You look at the number of things that require refrigerant, you look at um, how we're developing future infrastructure, even like Hyperloops and rails, that's going to require more power Mm -hmm. Um, in order to support that level of infrastructure. Our energy grid has to literally double in size in the next 12 years, Rob. This was something that I just read in Bloomberg and I think is really important. And it was also related to the fact that and we should do an entire show on this, that China has just stopped exports of all like brushless motors, electronic speed controllers, various parts and pieces related to drones, even stopping exports of drones coming September 1st. And that can have a massive impact on us if we can't get copper from certain areas to support this infrastructure. All this, you know, jargon to lead up to this point, which is if AI could utilize photogrammetric information to showcase the most efficient routes to upgrade and benefit the energy grid to support all these things that are growing at light speed. It seems like AI would be the absolute best solution for that. And I don't think anyone is doing that right now. I think that you could be sitting on a uh, proverbial gold mine here, Rob, and, and I think it's brilliant. But if
1: there's also, obviously, it's a double-edged sword as these things usually are. And so back to the point you were making earlier in terms of acquisition strategies... You know, that's more of a simplistic perspective on what we're talking about. But ultimately, it's about fundamentals when you're talking about these things. And it really is crap in, crap out. Mm -hmm. I don't care how good the machine learning is, right? Because the machine learning is not smart enough. I don't think maybe it is to take wrong information and say, nope, that's wrong information. Here's the right information. I suppose if there's enough right data to allow it to correct the wrong data.
0: That seems like a multivariate evolution of the AI. for sure. Because then you're telling it, okay, these photos have sky in it. We can't reproduce this. Let's crop these images, edit them, throw them back in, rerun the program. Did that work, you know?
1: Yeah, and then so then my concern is that, and this is already, I think it's already happening with something as basic as ChatGPT, where... We are putting too much reliance on these things. And I think as a societal norm, that's already starting to happen because we're freaking lazy. Yeah. Lazy thinkers. And, and I'll include myself in this. I don't want to point fingers. but I And I'm kind of just being dramatic to make a point that we've got to be careful to not rely on this AI too fast, too much. Because how do we know
0: that it's accurate? And many times you don't. Many, right. so, look, and, look at, and how look, do we how do, remember, do we You remember when ChatGPT said the market was going to crash May 15th and all it's done is go up since then? <laughs> yeah. And you remember the conversation that we had of like what if people could be coerced to thinking that there was a market crash and thus there would be a market crash like a self-fulfilling AI Prophecy, yeah. Well, thank God for the uh, uh, what do they call it? What do they call it when it's like hyper fast algorithmic trading? Um I forget uh, the name of it. Quant, quant trading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just, thank God the quant trading actually saved us, which maybe. is machine
1: learning in a sense. I mean, that's machine learning based trading. I think. Yeah. Um, or certainly it's com- it's computational based on very very
0: intense computers. But anyways. But getting back to your question of can AI help us? better discern the development of energy infrastructure. Like take the, the fires inputment. in
1: California, right? Same thing. Maybe they could have been predicted through AI.
0: If you had a bunch of drones flying all those lines and you saw that those transformers were too low to the ground and that the um, you know coronal ejection distance was too close to the ground, it could cause a fire and signal someone that, hey, we got to rebuild this as soon as possible. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. To the research you just pulled up about China restrictions of minerals to the U.S. and other places. Okay, they re- they're restricting gallium and germanium. Do you know uh, the most common use case of germanium, at least that I know of? There may be a more common one, but do you know a very common use of germanium that's directly impacted to this conversation that we're having right now? What is the lens of a thermal camera made of?
1: Oh, is it made of germanium? Germanium.
0: Is it really? Yes. Uh And so if we can't see heat and problem areas from energy infrastructure because we can't make enough thermal cameras to be deployed, that could be a very real problem. I don't think it'll be a problem, but it could be a very real problem. And, you know, when it comes to AI and the development of AI and photogrammetry, I'm seeing a lot more... Um, use cases of AI-based software. Let's take, okay, Polycam, right? They wanted to sponsor the show for a long time. We tried the software and we're like, yeah, it's cool. Not sure it's very relevant to drone pilots, but really grateful that you guys want to sponsor the show. But we don't want to we don't want you to have false expectations. So we did not do that. Um, but Polycam uses what system or what architecture for their photogrammetric AI. And it's Apple's objective. Uh, it's not objective C it's objective, something else like objective motion or something. I forget the name of it, but it's Apple's, uh, developer engine of photogrammetry. Okay. That's very cool. Apple is actively using machine learning and AI to make their reconstruction better and better. I think the real development of AI in mapping and in the drone industry is when people learn the architecture of how AI is built and how they can build programs to literally, gosh, my mind's on fire right now, to literally (laughs) um, create new solutions that create workflow efficiencies. Okay, okay example, right? DJI, they have been um, very Chinese, and they have made it extremely difficult for third party apps to do mapping missions, right? Drone deploys app you know, I know it's it's working better now. It bricked our drone just two months ago. Uh, Pix4D Capture Pro, it works on the app, but it won't actually complete a mission. And due to this bifurcation of SDK programming from DJI. And DJI puts out DJI Pilot 2. And no offense, DJI, but your mapping missions are not very good compared to your competitors. But I see what you're trying to do by nixing your competitors' capacity to be uh, utilized. Here's the thing. What if I were to develop an AI application that you completely negate DJI. You run a mapping mission and it checks all of your photos. It checks everything that you're doing to see, do you have enough overlap? It does a tie point calculation right there. It says, you know what? You may want to go back and re shoot this in overcast weather. You might get better results. If you do a quadruple orbit, you might want to do a quad grid because there's so much reflection on this roof Mm. that the reconstruction would have been better, right? That's the next evolution that's already happening. Mm. Mm-hmm. With Drone Harmony, Drone Harmony is limited, honestly, because they're trying to say, okay, your data may not be good here. Here's the flight plan to go fly it. Again, Drone Harmony is limited by DJI's SDK, okay? That said, Drone Harmony taken it a step further, and they've said, okay, well, here's the mission that we think you need to run in order to get the best 3D model. In my experience with Drone Harmony, um, our drones got a little too close to some trees that weren't on a base level map that Drone Harmony was using to do programming. And then you have drone genuity. Sorry, I'm really going down the rabbit hole <laughs> with this one. Because so, this has been a topic of research for me pretty much all year long um, since the development of AI. And, and I'm, I'm sure very few people know this, but I cover aviation technology and AI for KOB and KKOB down in New Mexico. I don't know how much longer that's going to last since I finally admitted that I moved from New Mexico, like a year later, but <laughs> but I've been covering AI and tech. Clearly, it doesn't matter. Yeah, true. Right? Although I texted TJ and he hasn't texted me back in a month, which is he's you know, jealous. Also, normal TJ <laughs> so. Trout is jealous. I will say the fly fishing is superior up here. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> hey, I mean the San Juans go in both states. So that said, um, what I will say. Is look at that drone genuity even doing part 107. That's funny. Um, I think
1: my grandmother put out a part 107 class. I'm pretty sure.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, if you go to CSU, you can pay $2,700 to to take it. <laughs> oh, gosh, gosh, gosh. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not getting started there. Um, but Too late. Seriously. I mean, like, okay, let's take AI even further. AI could tell you, hey, you're missing these questions on your Part 107 test. This is the information you should be learning and, and really have a better understanding of in order to pass the test. I mean, the the use cases of AI are endless right now. And I would say that there's a lot of opportunity for SaaS companies in the drone world to really eliminate a lot of the hiccups and workflow of getting drone missions done. It is not a seamless workflow. I think it's become more bifurcated since DJI changed their SDK. I know SkyDio is working on this with their site scan and their, you know, their their stuff and how close that drone can fly to get images. I'm excited to see what they develop this fall because we've heard from a little birdie that uh, there's new stuff coming out this fall. So I'm excited to see that. I think also that all this photogrammetric advancements in AI could be very limited by supply chain disruptions to domestically made drone manufacturers. I mean, we've made new partnerships in the last two months. Both of them sending us new drones, can't get them until September. October. The supply chain issues are coming back to the forefront and it's a very real issue. So, software relies on hardware. And if our hardware is limited, our software solutions may be limited as well. But that provides further opportunity for AI. So, to sum all this up, (laughs) look, there's a lot of applications that are taking very specific, unique use cases of drone mapping and trying to provide an automated means of doing it, like Luma Labs. AI and what they do with the traditional video animation tool. And I think what they've done is actually superior to what Pix4D has done and has done for 10 years now because you can go on Luma Labs and if you like if you just map something really cool and you throw all that data in Luma Labs and say, you know, I would like a video animation and you can control it just like Pix4D, but what you cannot do in Pix4D is set the aspect ratio. So if I want a vertical video for short form video or for Instagram reels, I can do that in lumalabs.ai, but I cannot do that in the traditional video animation tools. So again, this is where, you know, things get complicated of like, well, do I want more control to control how my data is processed? in Pix4D? Or do I want an easy, simple means of just saying, hey, here's this cool job we just did. And I just want to keep my clients up to date by posting on Instagram. And I think the latter supersedes the former. And I think that's why these AI tools are being utilized at rapid scale. And I think, like you mentioned, the evolution of these tools is going to be very interesting, because if you have just one niche use of making a video animation, You know, what if someone else says, "Let's make an AI that's going to generate our point cloud, generate our our DSM," and oh, here's the one. This would totally disrupt surveying in a level that I truly pray this happens. But what's the biggest issue with drone pilots? Is is you know this issue with department of surveying boards saying that they're surveying when they're not even laying down GCPs and some pilots are, are actually doing that and you shouldn't do that. And then some people are producing geo-reference maps and models for things that are not at all used in surveying, but they provide data to a client and that data is off by hundreds of feet because they have no methodology of a third party verification of accuracy. What if we were to create an AI that takes your point cloud, takes your ortho, takes your dsm throws it into global mapper throws it into ArcGIS, does a true absolute accuracy verification and tells you like you you dump your ortho and it's like nope your x is off by two feet your y is off by 2.4 feet your z is off by 12 and then for an extra fee we can adjust it for you and all the parameters according to the geoid 12b model do you wish to do that boom bring it That'd be awesome.
1: I need to go to Torchy's after this. (laughs) if you do that for the entire globe. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, like, conceptually, it's not that far-fetched. It's not far-fetched at all, and it would do exactly what the surveying industry needs badly, which is rapid expansion. Even though they don't want it. Yeah, well, it's just a very rent-sinking ideology. They'd rather go put the post out, pull out, and... You must go to school for eight years to do basic trick.
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> Anyways, Gabe, it's a great question. And yeah. it's something that I think, uh, man, you weekly, if not daily, you gotta be looking at what the newest innovations are in AI. Yeah. And it's a challenge to not be overwhelmed by it because, uh, literally there's something new every single day with this stuff. 100%. I
0: am and with- assimilating that is, is challenging. You know, we just did all that work to update all of our mapping guide information. We should expand it into just AI services. So, yeah. But, yeah. Rishi, you'll be hearing from us. All right, guys. Well, hey, I hope that provides insight information, maybe tickles your brain a little bit. Woo all right and maybe gets you to think about how you could use ai here's okay if there is one thing that you get out of this podcast you can go on to google's training academy and go learn how they built bard and how natural language processing and ml networks work together or neural networks work together to actually produce ai um honestly if i okay your kid is about to enter the CSU program, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. She could go take this course at Google, get Google certified in AI and go make $200,000 a year right now or spend 200 grand of your money going to school in the traditional system maybe get some of this information maybe during that time it already becomes outdated and she's still looking for a job that pays her one quarter of that four years later that's the world we're living in yeah drones are the same anyway uh so check out google's system i'm going to be going through it myself i got offered to take the ml course from mit because i finished those mit courses and um When I realized it was based on Google's information, I'm like, I'm not paying MIT five grand for another graduate course. I'm just going to do it for free at Google.
1: Yeah, gosh. In terms of learning this stuff, that's actually a really great point. And maybe let's end with this because this got really long. But there are top universities, and I'm talking Stanford-level universities, that you can go take free courses on this Mm -hmm. stuff. Go there first. Seriously. Right. I mean, there's so much information on there. And Stanford's just
0: one example. There's there's tons of them that you can go learn the stuff I on. think the cracks in the university system are starting to show too. If you look at enrollment numbers, they're down since COVID. Totally. and And I mean,
1: I've been having a lot of these discussions with my son Jacob as he kind of decides what he wants his degree to be in. And he's doing it while in the Marines. And so it's all paid for, which is really nice. But you still want to be thoughtful about the degree that you get, right? And so yeah. we've been having discussions about this. But the reality is there are some things that if you want to do them, you have to go get a degree. That's just the way it is. Um, I don't know, like being a teacher. They don't hire teachers if you don't have a degree. Maybe that might change and you mm. could argue that it'll change. And Paul's going to argue anything I say right now <laughs> about this particular point. <laughs> and, but that's the reality and you all know it. Could it change? Of course it could change. Could you be that one person that could convince the principal to hire you? I suppose that's possible, but it's very unlikely. So there are some things that you need a degree. You're not going to go be a doctor without a degree. It's not going to happen. Unless you, yeah, yeah, I don't know if if there's a place in the world where you could do that.
0: But there is, it's here in Colorado. There's a doctor just in Longmont, FYI, who uses frequency wave generation to kill cancer by literally putting people in a machine and hitting a certain hertz rate that has been scientifically proven to kill cancer cells. So I mean so there's an exception to every doctor. rule. There is, there is there is but your point rule. your point is actually really good and then the question becomes of when do we prioritize experience knowledge and true um, intellectual curiosity versus a piece of paper that is seemingly losing more and more and more value.
1: Now we're getting all philosophical. You, they're not mutually exclusive. You can have a degree and still pursue all of those things, right? You Which don't, is the they're best? Not, they're not compete. They're not combative unless we make them combative
0: they're not so that's a really powerful point because that's the best of the best worlds because then you fit the mold but you're also putting yourself in a position of superiority by fitting the mold and then going out and doing these extra things that other people don't think of correct i want
1: us to remain objective as a people as a society and there's too much damn ford chevy sucks it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that there's the best and the worst. They both make good vehicles. You might have your favorite for whatever dumb reason you have. Eco boost. <laughs> That's actually a good reason. <laughs> but whatever dumb <laughs> reason you, you have. <laughs> but don't be that person, man. Yeah. Be objective and you're going to be better off for it. I, just those close-minded, mutually exclusively thinking. <sighs> I want to end on a positive note. <laughs> oh, this is, this is positive.
0: This is so, great. This is a really- Learn, 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 get better. I think it's actually a very important point because I've fallen I prey agree. to the best, worst ideology mm-hmm. and everything is a sliding scale. And I used to argue that all the time and I lost sight of that.
1: Our world is a series of concentric circles, period, right? We don't, we don't have get it, a lot period. of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: Anyways. That's all I got to say about that. Well, I like it. I like it. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get with Rob. So be prepared. (laughs) Be objective. Be learned. Be a good, be a reader. Uh,
1: Gabe loved the question. (laughs) Loved. Can't wait to see you in our next meeting. This has been fun. And it's the only podcast we're doing today.
0: Well, Rob, it was worth it.
1: So, <laughs> if you stuck with us this long, kudos to you. Yeah. Thank you. Please leave us a review. Please send in your question. We need to hear from you. AskDroneU.com. We want to know what's on your mind. And if you're willing to uh, to kind of start our rant
0: with your question, we would appreciate it. A hundred percent. And everyone, thank you so much for asking those questions. Askdrony.com. Join us for an in-person training, uh, a training you'll never forget that has true systems based off of experience you will not find anywhere else. Look, you can go many places and get a driver's license. And just like a driver's license, there are many places that you can go to get your part 107. But like a driver's license, that's not going to make you a good pilot. You need the tips and tricks proven from experience over a decade of experience to know how every single flight is going to be safe and how to have the confidence to go get the jobs that are truly fulfilling to you that drive your purpose that drive your fun that drive your passion turn your passion into profit at the we believe that videos images words and sounds have the absolute power to inform inspire and entertain We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.